Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Words are about to be spoken here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, presented to you exclusively by Podcast Seat and AdFreeShows.com. I, of course, am John Alba, joined as I am every single week by the broken one, the woken one, the spoken one himself, Mr. Matt Hardy. And Matt, uh, as you can probably see in the shot, I got a little special guest with me this week. We have a, we have a bystander to the Extreme Life. It looks like we have a, a special cameo of a new co-host. Yes, yes, this is uh, this is Presley. He's my sister's pup. He's a Bijan Poodle mix. And the problem is, Matt Hardy, and this is for any of you dog owners out there, don't spoil your dogs to the point where they need constant attention because I'm dog-sitting this buddy, and he just said, I got to get in on the Extreme Life. He knows the Extreme Life is the hottest podcast in the world right now, and he just has yeah. to see the sausage get made up close in person, you know? Yeah, and dogs, uh, dogs, they're, they're really good for... Uh... Uh, affection they're they're big affectionate animals i do know that from having a lot of dogs in the past oh absolutely how long has it been since you've had a dog um it has been probably uh 15 16 years since i've technically wow. had a dog in the house yeah so i just uh traded out dogs and got kids instead <laughs> got, got a gaggle instead i got gotcha. you yeah. and, and uh, a, a dog is like a very tiny starter kit for having a, a child very true kids. Except it's like exponentially more challenging when you have a, have a child that, that thinks on its own. Well, you have a gaggle and you have a rebbe, and that alone makes up for getting your hands full. I would say. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> I, it's it's a it's a constant struggle at our house. A constant struggle. Well, this shouldn't come as a surprise to you, but John, fact, John <laughs> loves small dogs. That shouldn't surprise anybody there. I like it. I feel like it's kind of my cadence. So Presley <laughs> here is going to enjoy the extreme life up close in person. Matt, last week we had a chance to answer some fan questions with our final Ask Matt of the year. Uh, what do you think of our Ask Matt episode? I love doing Ask Matt episodes. They're uh, they're always so much fun. Uh, people uh, are very creative with questions. We had so many different, and I know we had so many submitted last week, which was awesome. So thank you all that submitted a question, and I hope I got to answer your question. And, and if I didn't this time, we will in the next Ask Matt. So continue to send in those questions. And I always enjoy it. I always appreciate you guys' feedback. We got literally, I'm not exaggerating, thousands of questions throughout the year to sort through. So I just think that's awesome that people love the extreme life so much and that they love Matt Hardy so much. And uh, a happy holidays to you, my friend, because this is a busy time of the year. I know you're dealing with a pain in the ass and ethan page right now I, I saw the battle royal on dynamite 
This man, you, you can't catch a break. Anytime you try to do something that's best for his business, he yeah. he still puts you down. There, there's uh, there's no doing right by Ethan Page. It's it's very obvious. You know, like I tried to toe the line and uh, and do what he asked because you know he had fined Private Party before, and and they don't deserve to be punished or reprimanded because I, I'm, I'm stepping out of line. Like I'm my own man, but that's, that's what he's done. And he knows he can kind of use that against me. So I actually saved him from being eliminated in the battle Royal. And I twisted fate the guy that was putting him over the top rope and he decided to find private party again. So he's taken it out on them again. When I saved his ass and did exactly what he asked me to do. So it's a, it's a lose lose with Ethan page. So I just got to keep working. I got to find us a way out of this. And I, I will, when it's all said and done, I will find myself, and the hardy party away out of this situation i just saw you though again once you're being pushed to the limit and all of a sudden matt you see that different being inside you comes out and your hair comes unloose and i don't know man i it just feels like something's something's going on there matt um yeah it, it definitely feels like something is about to emerge from within me and uh i'm i'm gonna let it i'm not gonna try and hold it in this time not gonna fight it not gonna fight it man you will indulge perhaps uh i'm sure i'm sure i will indulge in my condition if that turns out to be the scenario is it one of those things where it's like the hulk where you know the hulk just tries to fight it from coming out but when it comes out he just has to embrace it yeah don't make me angry you wouldn't like me when i'm angry i should actually make sure to tell ethan page that on aw programming as well I think so. I think we just came up with an idea for content here, but uh, uh, this is great stuff. A, a great year for you in AEW. Bittersweet, obviously, at times, but all in all, you, you've got a great story going right now with the Hardy Party and he who is firm in Ethan Page. So I'm excited to let it play out, which you can let it play out, of course, as well over at boxagimmicks.com. Get that let it play out t-shirt. Maybe you even want this Extreme Life of Matt Hardy t-shirt as well. Uh, does not come with a pup who's trying to fight you at every which way. Uh, there's also the Matt Fact, Matt Fiction t-shirt, which I saw even on social media this week. Uh, one, one of your opponents on AW Dark uh, tried to say that they were going to beat you, and you said, no, no, that's Matt Fiction. Yeah, absolute Matt Fiction. Not playing into that one. Boxagimmicks.com. Go check all that stuff out. And, of course, guys, leave us those five Cinco, five Cinco, five-star reviews next week. Actually, we'll do the week after our last episode of the year. We're going to pick a winner that we will do a raffle for to earn a Box of Gimmicks t-shirt courtesy of us. Very cool. Leaving that five cinco five cinco five star review. All you got to do is send us a screenshot at Matt Hardy Pod, at Matt Hardy Brand, at John Alba on social media. And we would love to see it. And if you left one, you will be entered to win a free t-shirt. We've done a couple of those this year. You gave away a signed championship belt this year. Yeah, that was a very cool, very cool giveaway. Yeah, that was insane. So we hope to have more giveaways in the future, Matt. I don't want to waste any more time. This is going to be what I think will be one of our most insightful and interesting episodes of The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. We are talking about, as we tape this, December 14th, 2008. We are, I'm not a good math guy, what is that? A 16-year anniversary, no, not 16, a 14-year anniversary of, again, not a math guy. A 14-year anniversary of your brother, Jeff Hardy, winning the WWE Championship. And it's going to be a stellar episode. So without further ado, hit us with that Matt Fact. Matt Fact 
That has broken his record for flight delays in 2022. That's because you started working with me, pal. <laughs> and and I, I gave you that bad juju. I apologize for that. It was, man, you've had a bad year on that front. It's been, it's unreal. I mean, it's, uh, it's more often my, it's, it's absolutely more often my flight is delayed rather than on time. And, and, and it's not just me. It's just, it's just the world, uh, the, the state of the world after getting through the pandemic and just, they're so, they're so understaffed everywhere. And there's just, it's just a mess. And the, the, the workforce in America for sure is definitely down a lot since 2020. When Pete Buttigieg announced that they were pitching a proposal that would make airlines pay out if your flight was delayed more than three hours or canceled. I said, I'm rich, bitch. Here we go. Yeah, right. Go. Right. Yeah. Let's Same. Big money maps going to be coming back just off of that alone. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm glad you got into Dallas this week for dynamite in time and everything's going to be all right. Let's not waste any more time. Uh, we ended our last look at this period of time with you and Jeff essentially splitting up in the summer of 2007 after right. dropping the world tag team championship to Lance Cade and Trevor Murdoch. So Jeff ends up going back to Raw. You're firmly on SmackDown. Were you guys ever given a reason for actually splitting up in the first place and going back to being singles guys? And how open to that were you after you saw that these crowds were super into the reunited Hardy Boys? Yeah, we, we do know that they wanted to give us both runs as singles competitors. They they felt comfortable with us. They thought we could handle ourselves. And uh, they, they both thought we were over enough with the crowds that uh, they would buy into us as, as single competitors. So we were we were down for doing that. We had won the tag team titles uh, several times over at that point, and we won them again upon uh, reteaming. So, yeah, it was definitely fun to go out on a, a singles limb and, and really push ourselves. This episode is going to be about Jeff's ascension to becoming the top guy in the company. <laughs> I know you're much more business oriented and you're always looking at the bottom line and what's going to lead to you making more money and, and achieving right. the top status that you can. But as you've described over and over, Jeff is much more laissez faire and yeah, we'll do whatever we got to do kind of thing. Did he ever aspire to be the top guy aside from a financial standpoint, of course? Uh, not, not really. I mean, that's not something that was like in the back of his mind. Like I have to be the champion. I have to be the top guy. I have to be the most popular. He just, he just is. Jeff Hardy just exists. You know, that that's he just is. And and he just go he wants to go out and just do his thing and and make people happy and, and make people cheer or, or boo or ooh or ah. Uh, he doesn't think twice about politics. He would never like sit down to pitch a story of him uh, trying to get over or to become a champion or whatever. He just like wants to show up at work and be told what to do and uh, and give it a hundred percent. Well, he's getting over big around this time. Crowds are responding to him in, in a major way. And he's feuding with Umaga over the Intercontinental Championship in late July. And then he's actually taken off TV. And he posts to his personal website and on the hardyshow.com forums, the throwback in and of itself, yes. that uh, he was dealing with some injuries taken from a bad fall in a match against Mr. Kennedy. How beat up was Jeff at this time? Was he communicating that to you? And do you remember there being any concern from him about his longevity? Uh, I, I, I do remember that he was beat up. I didn't think he was off that long. I just thought it was like a couple weekends or whatever. It was almost a month, you said, right? Yeah, it was for a sizable, it yeah. was close to a month. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I do remember them giving him a little time off because he was beat up some. And I, I don't think it was terrible. I think he had a 
an issue with his back more than anything. They just said, like, you need to rest for a couple weeks or whatever, and that's what it ended up being. You just think when you look at Jeff Hardy, and I say you as in the casual observer, Yes, this is a guy that has put his body through hell physically, and we know some of the extracurricular stuff as well. It's natural that there's going to be breakdown. He's 30, 31 at this point. Was he, generally speaking, physically okay around this time, aside from the give or take injury here or there? Yeah, I mean, he overall, he was physically pretty pretty healthy. I mean, you got to keep in mind, too, this guy didn't have a surgery until he was, gosh, almost 40 years old, which is insane considering insane. his wrestling style. It is so insane. So, yeah, I mean, it was just like a nagging thing that was really bothering him. That They, they just said a, a, a couple of weeks would would help him out with it. So he did that. and He was pretty pretty good for a while after having that little break. He was definitely recharged, I think. He returns on the August 27th episode of Raw, defeating Mr. Kennedy by disqualification after Umaga interferes in the following week on September 3rd. Jeff Hardy does it again. He becomes intercontinental champion by defeating Umaga. Let's talk about Umaga here quickly. We've we've brought him up briefly in the past on the podcast. I feel like Umaga could have been a major, major player, like Hall of Fame caliber player in WWE, had unfortunately his, his, had his health held up ultimately. We lost him way too soon. What can you share with us about Umaga, the kind of guy he was and the kind of worker that he was? I mean, he, he was great. We all ran like in the same circle of friends. And him, him and Jeff were like, they, they were like best friends. I mean, they loved working together. He would come to Jeff's house. I remember we've got some great pictures of, of my uh, my dad and uh, Umaga and Jeff together when he was there. <laughs> he actually wanted to come to Jeff's house and like ride his racetrack. You know, it's pretty pretty famously known that Jeff has a motocross track on his land. And uh, Umaga would come there and ride motor- motorcycles with Jeff, which is so crazy to think about. But he, he, he was a great guy, uh, a real sweetheart, but also a legitimate badass as well. A guy who could really like, kick your ass if he had to, you know, had to, had to get down to it. But he was a he was an amazing worker. He was so good for his size, and and I really do feel like he could have been a, a massive draw in pro wrestling and a, and a massive top guy if he would have been able to keep everything between the lines and, and stay healthy. What was so remarkable about him is that he had this very nineteen nineties gimmicky character, this Samoan bulldozer destroyer Umaga, yeah. but he got over in a big way in spite of that in that era uh, from, a, from a working standpoint, what was he like in the ring? To he was incredible. I mean, we loved working with him because he on house shows too. Like he would know how to do an entertaining match where you'd be smart and work smart. Uh, so, so that was super enjoyable. And then like, man, if you were having a pay-per-view, whatever, I mean, he'd go like, he was huge. He could move. He was, he was underrated as a worker. I mean, I think now people look back on him, you know, and realize how much, they, they they miss Umaga and, and the amazing things he was doing. He was so quick and so explosive, especially for a guy of his size and his strength. It was a, it was great working him. It was always a pleasure to like walk in and see your name across from his. Who at that time was high on Jeff backstage? Because this is kind of the start of a big push for him. He wins the secondary singles title. He's about to be positioned in a big way with some major right. talent. Do you recall anyone in particular being firmly in his corner? I mean, Michael Hayes was always there to help us out. You know, sometimes he said he thought uh, people think he's so biased towards us that it's it's dangerous when he pitches an idea. He has to be very careful about it. He has to walk a very fine line. Uh, Vince has always been a big fan of Jeff since he, he realized him, you know, even looking back to like 2002 when 
Vince was already, you know, in the back of his mind, like seeing just popularity and how he just has that, you know, figurative and literal it, you know, that people talk about in pro wrestling. So Vince was a, Vince was a big supporter of Jeff as well at that time. So he ends up being positioned at Survivor Series with he and Triple H being the last two men remaining standing on their Survivor Series team. Right. And he actually begins an on and off tag team with Triple H and it becomes this respectful feud where they eventually face each other at Armageddon 2000 and Hardy uh, defeated Triple H. Your brother defeats Triple H to become the number one contender uh, for the WWE Championship at the Royal Rumble. And I, I break down the significance of this for a lot of reasons because Triple H is the guy. He's in firm, right. strong political power at this point. What did Triple H think of Jeff end of 2007? And were they just kind of giving him the ball here to see if he could sit in the main event? I, I mean, it, it's definitely a run, you know, which is integrating Jeff with the top guys and the top acts to see how the crowd reacts to him. Uh, and literally the biggest and best barometer of how over someone is. You know, it's just like the live crowds in the arenas. And Jeff was getting these massive rock star reactions every single night, you know, and working with a Triple H or <clears throat> an Undertaker, someone who was an established top guy, isn't going to do anything else but but help that. And and Hunter, Hunter realized there was something very special with Jeff. I mean, he always has. I mean, anybody who's around Jeff for, you know, a, a, a little bit of time, you realize Jeff is like a very special individual. And there's a just something special that connects with people like everybody everybody loves jeff he's the nicest human being on the face of the planet but he's also one of the just strangest and, and weirdest and, and eccentric in many ways as well so uh i'm sure hunter doesn't see eye to eye with jeff as far as just like personal life you know hunter is definitely all business you know straight and narrow and jeff's just like okay i'm good at this and i love doing this so i want to go out and entertain the fans but you know i'm not going to take myself too serious you know so so they're very opposite when it comes to you know to that to that capacity was jeff mentally ready from your viewpoint to be thrust in the spotlight like this i mean Jeff wasn't going to go into this with like the normal mentality of a top guy pro wrestler. I mean, Jeff is just Jeff. You know, he, he's not going to say like, I'm the champion. I'm a role model. I'm a leader. I'm going to give people advice. He's just like, you know, if I'm the guy that you want the championship to be on, I mean, great. We'll do that. And I would be honored to be the champion and I'll do whatever you ask me to do. And I'll try and make everything as good as I possibly can. As far as like, the mentality, no. Does Jeff fall in that category of like a, a, a top guy who like you know is not going to be the leader of the locker room and like you know, give all this advice and feedback to everyone else? No, that's just not Jeff's gig. That's never what he's done, and he never will do that. Give me some perspective because that's a very interesting point that you mentioned there. Does a locker room look for a champion that they can look to as this guy is the leader? They're the champion. They're the top dog. They're going to stand up for the rest of us. They're going to make sure that everything is running smoothly here. Is that an expectation that comes with being champion? Historically, I, I do think it is. I, I think it's something that is almost kind of expected from the champion. I think that's almost like an unwritten rule in some ways, you know, but also, what's an unwritten rule in some ways, if someone is selling tickets and putting asses in seats and, and, and drawing good numbers, you know, at the, at the merch stand and, and rating wise, whatever, then they also are, are very deserving 
to be a, a champion as well and a top guy because that, that does better business, which is better for everyone because everyone gets paid on how good business is. So if Jeff was the top guy who was moving the most merch and tickets, then, uh, yeah, they, they definitely were cool with him being champion as well. A lot of things happening here on the road to the Royal Rumble. Jeff is set to face Randy Orton, your personal pal there, Mr. Orton. But things, well, they are uh, they get really personal here on the road to the Rumble. That's because their feud actually becomes very personal. When Randy takes you out with a punt to the head, you had your appendectomy that we talked about a few weeks ago here on this show. I believe it was in the MVP episode. We talked about that in the archives, extremehardy.com. And this is the first time you're on WWE programming where Jeff is in the middle of a match with Santina Morella and the Titan Tron comes on as he's about to hit the Swanton bomb. And then all of a sudden, aside from this dog ready to attack me, we see Randy Orton pop up and he's got you beaten to a pulp. And he lays you out with a punt and Jeff runs to the back to try to make the save, but he's too late. What do you think of this wrinkle in the storytelling by involving you in this? In in the overall big scheme of things, I, I thought it was well done. Uh, I did know uh, also when I'd had my appendectomy done, uh, I had some time off that I had to recover from that. So I also got my elbow scope, which I needed to because my range of motion was like 20 degrees. It was terrible. It was awful. And they took out a, a ton of bone chips. There was over 30 bone chips in my, in my elbow. So that, that was great. So I got that done. So I knew I wasn't cleared to wrestle or really do anything too overly physical. So I knew when I was getting booked for that TV, it's was like, Oh my God, they're getting heat on me for Jeff's thing with Randy. I automatically knew that's exactly what was happening when I got the call, which they did. And uh, in the big scheme of things, I mean, it makes sense. And it, it was, it was, a, it was a good wrinkle. And I was, I was totally cool doing it. So you knew, when you got that call coming back that Vince was going to fuck with you a little bit and, and have you taken out for the heat. Yeah. And, and I, I don't think it was, uh, you know, it, it wasn't fuck with you. I just, I knew what I was going to be utilized for. And, uh, I know the business well enough, you know, at this point. And, and, and in my opinion, it was, it was well done. It was a, it was a good move, good mood, uh, a, a very good move to like further Jeff and Randy's feud and make it even more personal. It leads to a pretty significant moment. January 14th, 2008, I remember watching this, Matt. I think this is one of the true defining moments of Jeff's career, truth be told. Mm -hmm. Uh, Randy and Jeff get in a brawl near the top of the stage on Raw. And after Jeff gets the upper hand, he climbs the Raw set and does a swanton bomb off the set onto Randy and the way his body moved through the air, the dude looked like an acrobat. It was unbelievable as a visual. What he do you remember about that? He is an acrobat. What do you remember about that, watching it from home? Uh, I, I remember that was super cool. I, I, I remember Jeff also told me whenever they first talked about it and they had the idea, they didn't have him going up that high. And Jeff was like, no, higher. I definitely want to go higher. So Jeff even pushed it to go higher. And I, and I can see that, especially because they had it set up where everybody was going to be cool and is going to be safe or whatever. Um, but that is a very iconic moment in Jeff's history. And that's a clip that you will see for the rest of time when it comes to pro wrestling, especially when people talk about the, the extreme life of Jeff Hardy. You know, that is one of his most extreme moments for sure. What do you think that moment did for him as he was on his way to becoming a main event? <clears throat> Uh, I mean, once again, it just solidifies how he's this extreme daredevil, like the biggest daredevil in the history of, of pro wrestling, 
you know, he's doing something that no one has ever done. No one has ever done a swanton off something that high, you know, onto another human being that's laying whatever, 40 feet below them or whatever the distance. I mean, it was crazy high. Um, so it, it, it also just added to the appeal, I think, of like, I want to see this daredevil not only do stuff like this all the time, but I, I want to see him succeed. You know, and it makes me want to root for him and pull for him because he's not afraid of anything. He is fearless. And I think that's really what it solidified, that Jeff was fearless and, and it helped people also want to see him succeed and, and uh, attain more success. I was going to say, when the locker room sees a guy like Jeff doing this stuff, does that almost earn a badge of honor, build a little more respect that someone's willing to do these sort of things? in order? It, it, to it has to. I mean, absolutely. I mean, look at McFoley, for instance. You know, he's a great example of that. Of course, that of course, that earns people's respect. I mean, because what we do is such a dangerous job in the first place. And just being out there taking, you know, a shoulder tackle or a body slam is like you're in a small car crash, you know, slamming your, your body on wooden steel. And that's not natural to slam your body on wooden steel every single night. But then when you see someone do some of the extreme stunts that Jeff has done before, I mean, it really goes a long ways in showing how committed he is and how much he, he loves his craft and how passionate he is. He does go on to lose the match against uh, Randy Orton at the Royal hey, Rumble. They had a great match, though. If I'm, they I'm did. They did have a very good match. They they had. I was going to actually tee you up on that. What did you think of their working chemistry together? Oh, they they were great. Once again, they they got along real good. They were great friends. Uh, so they always they always work well and had great chemistry with one another. Is there anything you can tell us story wise about? His most recent feud with Randy when Randy took, what was it? He took a wrench to Jeff's earlobe. Is that, do I remember that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that once again, that that's just showing that uh, Jeff has to a degree learned how to work smarter as, as opposed to just working harder and take, taking big bumps. So that was something that looked very painful and excruciating uh, and something that was pretty easy to do in the big scheme of things, but also everyone remembers it. So that, that's what pro wrestling is at, at its core. So that they, they 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 were very smart working together, especially in their later years. That was a gnarly visual. Yeah, and Jeff in the past few years has leaned into that visual a few times. Yeah, I, th I think he did it in that ladder match that he was in too, that triple threat ladder match that he was in. It's just oh my god, it, it is a gnarly visual with those gauges stretched stretched out all the way. Yeah, but as you always say, it's a very rock star thing to have those gauges and <laughs> yeah he's, he's learned how to utilize that as part of his arsenal i think is pretty cool after he loses the match at the royal rumble he competes in the elimination chamber at no way out to become a number one contender but he loses to triple h so we're keeping triple h and jeff hardy together here as best frenemies at that point Working with a guy like Triple H, you've worked with him before. We know how much political power he has. Right. Is that intimidating to a degree? I uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think so, especially for guys who, you know, think about political hierarchies and whatnot. It, that can be intimidating because you don't want to make any mistakes around him or, or whatever else. Once again, with Jeff, he's just such a carefree spirit, carefree soul. I feel like it doesn't matter if it's Triple H or the guy who opens the card every single night and puts people over or whatever. I mean, he's just going to kind of think of them the same way. Like, okay, this is the dude I'm wrestling tonight. Let's go, uh, let's go kill it. Things are about to take a turn, though, as Jeff is on this upward trajectory. And during the March 3rd episode of Raw, he's on Chris Jericho's highlight reel. 
as the special guest, but he ends up being attacked by Jericho. And he ends up dropping the Intercontinental Championship to him shortly after. The reason that happens, Jeff was suspended for 60 days the following week for his second violation of the company's substance abuse and drug testing policy. And it's significant because rumors had it that at WrestleMania 24 in Orlando, he was going to be the winner of the Money in the Bank ladder match and carry around that briefcase that would have put him on the door of winning the world championship. Matt fact or Matt fiction, Matt, was Jeff going to win the Money in the Bank briefcase? Matt fact, uh, yes, he was. That was uh, that was the plan. He was going to win this Money in the Bank briefcase. And, and I think at this point they had pulled the trigger and decided they wanted to try and turn him into the champion. I know Freddie Prince had been given this edict, like get Jeff Hardy ready for the championship. That's like uh, around the time too, when he was starting to paint his face again, if I'm not mistaken, that they uh, started leaning into some stuff that was very Jeff Hardy-ish and, and Freddie Prince was kind of leading that charge in many, many ways. But yeah, Jeff, uh, Jeff was in Mexico on an international tour. And at some point there, he ended up taking something, some sort of, pill or substance for i don't know if it was back or whatever it was but he did end up getting popped in a drug test and uh one of the things i remember he, he told me from the stories like michael hayes had called him at home and said hey like what is going on here i can't believe you know you did all this and whatever he said vince is gonna call you in just a few minutes all right so be ready to answer the phone and then i guess vince called him and jeff's like uh hello and he's like what the fuck have you done that was his greeting right from the beginning you know, and I, I guess they, they talked it through. And at the end of the conversation, Jeff said they spoke for a while. They seemed to be kosher, you know, and Jeff just apologized and regretted making that mistake. Um, but, you know, it, it was what it was. How did you feel as his brother? Because keep in mind, you come back at that ladder match. We right. again covered that in the MVP right. uh, episode. How do you feel as his brother? seeing him climbing that ladder so quickly and now all of a sudden he has this major setback that could derail everything right uh it was very sad you know disappointing you know but it, it's also he's he's a human being and you know he's had issues throughout his life with that so it's it's one of those things it's it, it doesn't mean that he has a terrible content of character it means that he has like you know addiction problems obviously so just very disappointed especially when he had so much good stuff going on professionally in his life at that time so it was a a very sad and disappointing setback for him dave Meltzer had speculated that he was going to win the championship at SummerSlam. do you remember hearing of any plans for something like that to happen uh that, that, i mean that, that that could be right in all reality but i i do know they were planning on having him win money in the bank and they did want to pull the trigger on him winning a uh a world heavyweight title Whenever we do these Jeff episodes, I get people asking, well, let Jeff speak for himself. Why Why is Matt speaking for him? Guys, this isn't Matt speaking for Jeff. Like that question that I just asked before Matt's perspective of that is because their lives are so intertwined professionally and obviously personally, but professionally where Matt has this unique front row perspective to some of this stuff. And I mean, for example, everything you just told us, that's a perspective that only you can offer. And that's why I enjoy doing these Jeff episodes, especially because Jeff is such an interesting, intriguing character more than anything else. He, he is a case study in one of the most unique human beings to ever step foot in a squared circle. Yes. 
he, he's a case study in one of the most interesting human beings to ever be put on earth. Um, and, 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 and the, the, the reason I guess I talk about these stories, I mean, Jeff, Jeff will never talk about these stories. You're never going to see Jeff host a podcast. He's, he's not a very public person. He's a very private person. He likes just doing his own thing and he hates the internet and social media. He's, he's not a big fan. He liked it when this stuff wasn't around. Uh, but you know, it, it is what it is. He is such an intriguing cat, such a, uh, just an, an amazingly interesting human being uh so he he is very fun to talk about and and he's just also just one of the most magical people and anomaly one of the most interesting people you will ever find he is truly one of a kind more than anyone else i've ever known did you believe after all this stuff transpired that he could still be a top guy i i don't know i mean you it, politically in, in pro wrestling you never know what like an event like that how, how much is going to set you back uh, you know, or if you're going to be given another opportunity or, or whatnot. Um, I, I mean, I, I felt like at, at this point he was still going to be insanely popular and insanely over and people still wanted to see him perform. So uh, I, I guess it basically would end up coming down to how management reacted to him once he came back and to see if they were just willing to give him another shot. I also am ultimately a believer that at the end of the day, when you are doing these insane stunts like the one we just talked about before, your wrestling car crash style, yeah, maybe the suspension's not a great thing on the surface level, but having that time off to rest and recover and coming off the road for a bit, it's not the worst thing in the world, is it? No, it's it's not. I, I just, it would be nice if, if pro wrestlers uh, in, in WWE at that time could have gotten time off without being suspended or being in, in trouble. You know, it'd be nice just to have a vacation here and there and given a few days off. Well, listen, when you're vacationing, Matt Hardy, that doesn't mean that you need to vacation from staying healthy either or from a great diet because our friends at Athletic Greens want to help you out with their AG1s. What am I talking about with AG1s? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, aging, all of those things as an all-in-one nutritional insurance. It is lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, or if your lifestyle involves, involves you building a motocross track at your house and doing death-defying stunts week in and week out, AG1s are there for you, containing less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, artificial anything, while still tasting good. It's a small micro habit with big-time benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Tons of people, as we know, take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. Even Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy, loves his AG1s, doesn't he? He does. And uh, I, I got to tell you, I had that long flight delay yesterday. We were hoping to do this last night, and we didn't. So uh, I know I had to get up early this morning to, to, to be here for all the extreme life of Matt Hardy supporters. Uh, so the very first thing I do every morning when I wake up was my AG1s, and it really kicked me out of my slumber from last night. So thank you, AG1. You might even say it made you woken. It did. It made me woken, and it was absolutely wonderful. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and your 
immune system, pardon me, with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That is in no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D. And how many free travel packs, Matt Hardy? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it is five, cinco, five, cinco, five free travel packs. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash hardy. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash hardy to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And we thank AG1 for sponsoring this podcast. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. So once Jeff returns from his suspension, he gets drafted to SmackDown, where Triple H is also now. Pretty significant move at the time because SmackDown was not the A show by any stretch of the imagination in the eyes of the beholder. That was Monday Night Raw. So what was behind the move, in your opinion, of Triple H moving over to SmackDown? Uh, they were trying to, to build up the SmackDown brand. I, I, I For the longest time, obviously... Raw was always perceived as the the most important show, the flagship show. And uh, I, I know there was a, a very concentrated effort at this time to try and elevate SmackDown and make it a bigger deal, which it, it's a good thing they did do that. I mean, obviously that paid off as we see now and their huge deal with, with Fox. Yeah, uh, I would say so. And it's an interesting time period that we're going to get to in just a second here. But Jeff does get a shot at the WWE title. At Unforgiven in a Scramble, he doesn't win. That's the show where you win the ECW title, which, again, we covered here right. in our ECW episode in the archives, ExtremeHardy.com. Did you know at this point that Jeff was actually going to win the big one and you both would be champions, or was that just kind of a fever dream and something you guys maybe hoped would happen? Uh, I, I don't know if I would call it a fever dream, uh, but it was something we, we did hope would happen. Uh, we, we weren't sure at all because there was definitely a lot of uh, – Differing opinions, I think, when it came to Jeff at this time. There were some people who felt like, yeah, we should give him a, ch a shot. There were some people who felt like, yo, I'm not sure if we can trust him. So there was a little bit of a, a mixed reaction when it came to the office and their debates on Jeff. Around this time, SmackDown moves to the My Network TV slot. This is not a super ideal network to be airing what's supposed to be a premier brand for WWE, but you're actually a big part of this move. SmackDown debuts with an all-star lineup according to dave Meltzer, featuring the world champions from all three brands smackdown champion triple h who went over in a three-way over raw champion chris jericho and ecw champion matt hardy it drew a 1.9 rating and 3.2 million viewers it was the highest rated show in the history of my network tv and both sides touted it as a victory that's a pretty big honor to be in that what do you think about that that was cool i, I remember that was uh that 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 was quite an honor to be in that match to be like, you know, we're going to have all three heavyweight champions fighting one another. I remember there was one point where me and Chris were going back and forth, like who's triple H going to beat in this. And I said, it's gotta be me. And he's like, no, that's too obvious. Uh, but it was me, of course. So uh, it, it was enjoyable. And, and, and I, I liked that match a lot too. I, I, I always loved working with the hunter and obviously being buddies with Chris, I always enjoyed working with him too. So uh, it, it was very cool. And that was, was quite the honor for me to be in the, the, uh, the, the world championship match. Death 
taxes, Matt Hardy staring up at the lights at the end of the day. <laughs> That's how it goes, folks. Jeff is, however, able to earn a number one contender shot at Triple H at no mercy. But there is an incident leading up to the match at the Nashville airport. Following here is from PW Insider. There's apparently an incident involving Jeff Hardy that took place Wednesday morning at the Nashville International Airport. Hardy was removed from his flight to North Carolina by police officers, but not put in handcuffs. Once he was taken off the plane, he was allowed to use his phone before being taken away. Hardy was on the flight with fellow wrestlers Matt Hardy and Gregory Helms. Nobody really knows at this point what exactly this is all about and why he was removed from the flight, but obviously this has been a hot topic among WWE wrestlers since yesterday, and some are concerned about Hardy's future with the company right now. I don't believe this is something that has been spoken about at length publicly. What can you share with us about that day? Uh, one thing I remember is the night before it was someone's birthday and uh, a bunch of people stayed up later at the hotel, like celebrating someone's birthday, a little bit of a, a get together gathering. And I remember we were all very tired that next morning because we didn't sleep the appropriate amount of hours it's back when I was young and irresponsible. Um, but but I, I do know we were all dragging and it was myself. It was uh, Shane Helms and Jeff. We obviously all flew together and we were heading back to Raleigh Durham, RDU. And I remember we got there that day and I went somewhere to get something to eat. And Shane came back to me and said, Hey man, have you seen Jeff? And, uh, it was very obvious that like Jeff had like somehow got a bottle of liquor or some beers or something, but he had, he had pounded some stuff right before we came through security apparently. And then he was, he was pr pretty, pretty bust, pretty bust. Um, and we just told him like, get your shit together. Like if they see you are, drunk at this point, they're going to boot you off the plane, you know, so this be cool. And myself and Shane, we ended up talking to him for a little bit. And I remember there's one point where he said, here, eat this. And I gave him a sausage biscuit with egg on it. Like, oh, this will help you sober up a little bit. You know, he's like, oh, I don't want that. And he took it and he squished it like on the carpet and he was just laughing about it, you know, which he was like very much a happy drunk if he was doing it, but still like wasn't the time, wasn't the place. Uh, myself and Shane, we walked with him. We got him on the flight. He was pretty good. He just kept talking to people as they were passing. It was a Southwest flight too, where it's like we boarded early and it's just like he sat there so long that he kept talking to people and he was being so friendly. Then eventually he said, oh, we think we've got a passenger here who may have had too much to drink. And uh, they asked him to leave and he said he didn't want to. I really want to get home. I'm fine. I promise I'll go to sleep. And uh, They ended up esc escorting him off the flight and he had to take the next flight. They waited until he sobered up a couple hours. That report noted that several wrestlers are unhappy about this. They, they're worried about what this means for him going forward, and they're worried about his release. Can an incident like that fracture a locker room support for somebody like Jeff? I, I, yeah, I mean, it, it can. an incident like that can have all kinds of repercussions, you know, professionally and career-wise. Um, uh, once again, he made his apologies to the people he needed to apologize to and, and said, he would try and do better. And that's been Jeff's story for so long in his life, it feels like. So we're, I'm hoping we, we don't see that anymore going forward in the future. He's still getting second chances here, though. Vince is clearly behind Jeff for whatever reason that that may be. In, in your opinion, why do you think he stuck with him through this stuff? I, I mean, just Vince... 
regardless of whether you love or hate Vince or whatever, you respect him or you don't respect him. I mean, Vince was such a genius and he saw things in people. I mean, and he saw something, some intangible essence force within Jeff that just drew him to him. And, and, and Vince did Vince, Vince loved Jeff. And he realized he had this incredible connection with the people that were sitting in those seats and the people that were watching at home. He loved the way Jeff sold and, he, I don't know. There, there was something about Vince. He, he really did like Jeff a lot deep down. He was, he was a, a big supporter of Jeff, and he, uh, he felt like there was still something very special about him, and he, he wanted to give him an opportunity to, to grab the brass ring and, and see what he would do with it. Vince is just such a strange, polarizing guy. We've seen him quit on people for, no, boxing one move for in a match for nothing. I've seen him quit on no. people for having a bad punch. You know, whatever. It's just, yeah, he, he's just so, he, he's very matter-of-factly, you know, just like, I see this, I like this person. I got his back. Oh, I saw this, it was terrible. Get him out of here. Fire him. Tell them to go home. Whatever. I mean, I've seen some very erratic conduct. Uh, I didn't want to say erratic behavior, but I mean, I've seen some very erratic conduct and behavior from Vince as well when it comes to making decisions like that. I mean, just... Uh, if someone rubs him the right way and he's like a supporter of that person, usually pretty solidly has their back. You know, you have to do a lot to like piss Vince off if he legitimately likes you. But there are some people when he's beginning to form a bond with that there's just something that, you know, rubs him the wrong way and, and he can cut them off right from the beginning and just like not even give them an, an opportunity. This is a guy that has so many weird quirks and, irrational decision-making some might argue is a guy that will eat two steaks for lunch with no veggies or, or anything like that. He's just so weird. And you know, sometimes after a while, Matt, you get tired of eating those two steaks for lunch and two steaks for dinner. You want to switch up the diet just a little bit. And thankfully I know all the pro wrestlers out there, Matt Hardy, they turn to Jimmy's famous seafood when they want to switch it up and, indulge in some maybe surf and turf do they not oh when you go to baltimore there is no way you cannot indulge in jimmy's famous seafood it is the best restaurant in the united states especially oh. when it comes to seafood when it comes to sushi when it comes to everything jimmy's is special man if you've never been to jimmy's famous seafood in baltimore you gotta go you gotta go the beauty is matt hardy with our partnership with jimmy's famous seafood they don't even have to go because Jimmy's will go right to them. Jimmy'sFamousSeafood.com is now shipping food nationwide with free two-day nationwide shipping on orders over $125 with the promo code HARDY. That's excluding steamed crabs and fresh items. And all you got to do is use the promo code HARDY to get this deal and take advantage of it. We're talking Maryland crab cakes, soups, chowders, oysters, signature steaks, plus desserts and gluten-free items. Several packages can make your holiday great, like the famous gift box, which includes four of the world's best colossal Maryland crab cakes, two different crab soups, crab dip, seafood seasoning, and their signature bay sauce or the tailgate bundle with two pounds of wings, a full rack of barbecue ribs, a pint of crab dip, and crab cake mix. Or the best part is you can even create your own package. This is a business that has been wheeling and dealing for 40 years now. It's been featured on diners, diners and drives, uh, beat Bobby Flay. So many more uh, world-renowned chefs have made this a staple of their programming. Matt Hardy, this is just the best of the best, isn't it? Oh, yes. Jimmy's is a destination. Uh, 
I almost would suggest if you are going to go on vacation, go on vacation to Baltimore just <laughs> eat at Jimmy Seafood. It, it is the best. And uh, the guy who runs it, John, you're the man. If you're down there, uh, you guys take care of John. He's the guy who uh, runs Jimmy Seafood. It's a family business, and it really is a, a destination point. And, of course, if you can't make the trip, you go to jimmysfamousseafood.com. Enter that promo code HARDY, yep. and you get free two-day nationwide shipping on orders over $125. Man, that's a great way to make your Christmas dinner uh, an extra spice it up a bit, maybe make it a little extra tasty. I- I'm telling you, I'm, I'm all in on this. I've gotten Jimmy Seafood as a gift for someone before. They thought it was absolutely outstanding. Yes, Hardy. it is delectable. Delectable, delightful, and delicious. Go check it out, jimmysfamousseafood.com. Jeff and Triple H end up having this pay-per-view match after the Nashville incident. Triple H does win. Dave Meltzer gives this match four and a quarter stars. He loved it. He thought they had really good chemistry. The story of it was Triple H is kind of playing a subtle heel role. And he's, over the course of the match, understanding that Jeff actually has an answer for him. And he also notes that Jim Ross has really put in his element in a match like this to help elevate somebody like Jeff as they're trying to slay Goliath, if you will. <clears throat> I like this match a lot. I did think they had good chemistry together. I'm not sure what your recall is entirely of this match specifically, but the story they were telling where Jeff was coming really, really close and just couldn't quite get over the hump. What'd you make of all that? Uh, I, I thought they had great chemistry as well. And um, it was a great match. I do. I remember this match very, uh, very vividly. And, and I, do thought, I, I do think it was a great match. It was one of the best that uh, Jeff and Triple H had together. Was Jeff supposed to win the title here originally, to your knowledge, and the Nashville incident maybe changed plans, or is this how the story was playing out to your uh, knowledge? No, I, he, he wasn't supposed to win the title there. I'm, I'm okay. pretty positive he was not. Uh, okay. Once again, they're just they're, – they're probably, you know, putting Jeff out just to see if he's delivering, you know, in ring. And, uh, you know, as far as the fans go, do the fans still have faith in, faith in Jeff and whatnot? And, and obviously they did at that point. So it's still probably another test in the big scheme of things. After the match, Vladimir Kozlov confronts Triple H to set up what many speculate will be the next contender. That is a name that's not talked about too often on podcasts. What can you tell us about Vlad Kozlov? Uh, A sweetheart of a human being, a very good guy. But he was very green whenever he started right from the jump and everybody knew whenever you had to to work with vladimir because they were trying to protect him as much as possible you were in for a a hard day at the office was this one of those cases where vince took a look at this guy loved his body loved his presentation saw 1980s hulk hogan heel and was like we're pushing him right to the top i think so i think so i think that's the case yeah yeah that's what i think a lot of wrestling fans speculated about vlad kozlov because his run at the top was not meant for long here. But a few weeks after this No Mercy match, Jeff is chosen in a fan vote over Kozlov to face Triple H at the pay-per-view. And Triple H just wins clean with a pedigree here. How legitimate was the fan vote for these things? Because there's some speculation that the company wanted Vlad Kozlov to be the winner here so that he could lose clean at Triple H and you don't have to afford Jeff a clean loss there. From everything that I understand and know, the voting was legit. Uh, I, I know they, they told me that every time. Uh, and they didn't want to give away spoilers of what your matches were going to be whenever we did those Taboo Tuesdays and whatnot. 
Um, so it, se- it seems like it was legit, but you know, I, I don't know. Obviously, they, 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 they could change it up if they really wanted to. I was going to say, like, the, the thought here is, oh, man, we had to put Jeff in it. You didn't have to. You kind of booked yourself in a little bit of a corner there. Right. You didn't want Jeff Hardy to have a singles loss to Triple H. You didn't have to put him in the fan vote. Like, right. like obviously, Jeff Hardy is going to win a fan vote most of the times that he's in it. So right. Right. it just didn't make a lot of sense to me. How soon before the match took place did you guys typically find out what the results were? Uh, um, five or ten minutes. I mean, like, like right before they announced it. Literally, I'll tell you this. I remember whenever we had done those things, like whenever we had the the Taboo Tuesday or Cyber Sunday, whatever it was, where I wrestled Evan Bourne, and there were there were three other people. I, I literally had put together a match with every person, and and that's kind of how the, the way those things worked. I was just going to ask that. So, are you? Is each person putting together a match ahead of time? for contingency purposes. Yes. And yeah. you have to, so man, so you might have to remember two or three matches. I mean, it, it was, it was very stressful. Those days were, were very stressful. And I, I, it's just one of those things is the reward, you know, worth taking the chance of having a match that maybe could have been of better quality, you know? So there, there's, there's a lot of times, like there was a chance where uh, we did one of those cyber Sunday taboo, uh, cyber Sunday deals where it was a tag team and it was being picked from five people. And we were pretty certain it was going to be me and Ray Mysterio. So we kind of really leaned into it and went ahead and, and, and decided that's what it was going to be. And I guess if it would have been somebody else, we would have been screwed up because we were kind of counting on that. Like just, that was the natural vote at that time. But I, I do remember specifically that day with, with Evan Bourne there. Uh, I, I put together a little something with all, all three people. Just I didn't know who was going to win ultimately. That is so crazy. And and it is amazing to me that WWE, or anyone for that matter, hasn't really gone back to that fan vote concept using the internet to build matches because it, it seems like they were actually pretty far ahead of the game with right. a concept like this. Yeah. But, oh, man, as, as a performer, that must just be so stressful. Very stressful. To, to put things together here. But, you know... Matt, listen, stress is, is a natural thing, is it not? We, we all encounter stress at some point in our lives. And sometimes well, stress can get the best of us, even in the bedroom. It happens. Has that ever happened to you? It's okay. You can admit it. We're transparent here on the Extreme Life. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I have a pretty good track record, as you guys know. I have a lot of kids and whatnot, so I usually when I uh... – when I shoot, I score. <laughs> You're balling. I'm balling. Yeah, <laughs> literally, I'm balling. <laughs> well, listen. Sometimes stress gets to us. Sometimes maybe we're lacking that confidence or had too much to drink. And there's nothing worse than being able to put that stick shift into that next gear. You know what I mean? But have no fear because our pals at Rex MD is here, spreading cheer even when you've had maybe a few too many beers or whatever it may be. RexMD is an FDA-approved supplement and the most trusted leader in men's telehealth. They've sponsored this episode of The Extreme Life of Matt Hardy to help you always be prepared. RexMD has made it simple, easy, and cost-effective to help all the men out there last longer and feel just a little bit more confident in the bedroom. RexMD makes getting generic and branded Viagra Cialis easy. Everything's online even the prescription, and they deliver it discreetly to your door. 
No waiting rooms, no embarrassing trips to the doctor, no insurance, no co-pays. To take advantage of their best deal they've ever offered, save up to 90% off and only pay $2 per dosage with this exclusive link, rexmd.com slash Hardy for a limited time deal. Matt Hardy, 90% off, $2 per dosage. What a deal. This is one of the best deals we've ever offered here on this show. This is an incredible deal. It is a delightful deal. Listen, RexMD has made this process so simple. I've been hearing it from everyone that I know that's been giving this a shot. There's no need to jump through a bunch of hoops to set up the embarrassing doctor's appointment. We've all been there as we're sitting in the waiting room looking around. Nobody wants to make eye contact. With just a few clicks of a button, you can talk to a medical professional, create a personalized plan, and get the products discreetly shipped straight to your door within two days. RexMD doesn't have just ED medication. RexMD's other medications help sexual health, hair growth, pain relief, sleep aid. I'm not going to say which of those I could use some help with, Matt Hardy, but there's a couple (laughs) where I could uh, check things off just for what it's worth. They're also here to make sure that you save big. Did you know that Viagra can cost you around $90 per pill? Wow. That's insane, isn't it? That's stiff. It is stiff. And you don't want to go limp on your wallet. So XMG has generic Viagra that's just as effective for as low as $2 per pill. And unlike other brands, XMD is FDA approved, clinically tested, and a U.S. licensed pharmacy. And act now to take advantage of their best deal yet by heading to rexmd.com forward slash Hardy. Our exclusive deal will save you up to 90% off where you're only paying $2 per dosage. Starter packs of generic Viagra or Cialis are now available for our listeners to get started. That's rexmd.com forward slash Hardy for up to 90% off. Give the gift of pleasure this holiday season with RexMD. Again, that's RexMD.com forward slash Hardy for up to 90% off. What what, what a deal, John. I mean, what a deal. Uh, And now I know exactly what I'm getting you for Christmas. (laughs) And you're a last minute shopper too. (laughs) There's this great deal. Exactly. It's easy and it's cheap too. And I'll, I'll, I'll thank you for it later, pal. Again, not telling you which of those elements I could use a little help with. (laughs) But alas, just saying. Just saying here. I'm glad that you haven't had too much of that uh, difficulty personally, at least. You got to keep rocking and rolling there in the house, Hardy. I'm a blessed man. Yes, you are. Lovely wife, lovely kids. One of your kids is becoming a jujitsu star. Oh, boy. He's a rock star. Jujitsu rock star. That's right. So Jeff is supposed to face Triple H and Vlad Kozlov at Survivor Series in a triple threat after Vicky Guerrero gets him inserted into what was supposed to be a singles match between Kozlov and Triple H following Jeff beating The Undertaker in an Extreme Rules match. Follow along. But Jeff is taken out at a hotel and we find out just as Triple H is going to beat Kozlov at Survivor Series that courtesy of general manager Vicky Guerrero Instead, that open man title shot that Jeff had is going to be given to a returning Edge. He had been injured. Nobody expected him to be back this early. And Edge is inserted into the match. The next thing we know, Jeff surprisingly runs into the ring and attacks Edge. Jeff then grabbed a steel chair, returned to the ring, and knocked both Triple H and Kozlov with each other. Chair shot to the head. And as Jeff was about to nail Edge with a chair shot, Edge countered by spearing Hardy and then covered Triple H 
for the win and his sixth world championship. A lot going on there. There is a pretty significant logic flaw here. If Jeff was taken out at the hotel and had to be replaced because he was so hurt, what is he doing showing up here? <laughs> uh, I guess we were portraying how resilient mm. the charismatic enigma Jeff Hardy was at that time. Perhaps. Yeah, I, 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 I do see that. I can see where people can, uh, you know, be stuck on that. Yeah. Now, I do like the little nuance of the story where Vicky purposely put Jeff in the match so she could have an excuse to have it as a triple threat match right. and have him taken out for Edge to come in. Edge coming back was a legit shock. Nobody saw this coming. What do you remember about that? Uh, I, I remember thinking it was it was very well done. And if I'm not mistaken, that, that was the the very the first attack in the hotel, right? Of the the accidents that Jeff started having, correct? Yes. So I, I even knew at that time that uh, we were going to end up doing this angle, and I was going to to turn on Jeff when it was all said and done. So so we were in the know right from the jump. Whenever they did this, I remember Freddie Prince was all into this as well. He was kind of writing and, and crafting the story. So we knew that was the first thing, and I, I thought it was a, a smart move to have Jeff attack Edge, just automatically thinking Edge is the one who attacked him and no one else. Vicky then announces a beat the clock challenge to crown the next number one contender to Edge's WWE Championship. The first contest saw Jeff defeat the Brian Kendrick in 12 minutes and 13 seconds. Yeah. Then Kozlov, in the second bout of the beat the clock, faced you, and he failed to defeat you in under 12 minutes and 13 seconds. So he was eliminated from the challenge. And the last match saw Triple H against Sean Benjamin which ended in Triple H gaining the fall at exactly 12 minutes and 13 seconds. And as a result of the tie, we're going to get another triple threat match, a courtesy of the WWE Board of Directors deciding that Edge will have to defend against Triple H and Jeff at Armageddon. This is actually, I don't, I don't love beat the clock, clock challenges, even though they can supply for some decent drama if you execute them well. And I think this is probably the best this has ever been executed for Triple H and Jeff to both get the same exact time. Right. That speaks to their professionalism, does it not? Yeah, especially whoever was going second. <laughs> you know, because they're they're, they're 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 right. They're they're the ones that had to to really reel it in and, and hit the time cue. That is because if they were a second off, you're fucked. That's yeah. it. Your whole story's out the window. I, I, I remember that day they were shooting on the, the first time going, you know. 13 ministers, 13, 14. They weren't under 15, I remember, you know, whatever the ultimate time was going to be. And uh, I'll never forget that Arn, who was the age, he said, well, pushing up his glasses, Matthew, you've got Kozlov tonight. You're going to be going, I about 15 minutes. It's a draw. So good luck. <laughs> and with that, that, that outstanding Arn Anderson humor. The gravel and the humor. Yeah, well, good luck. Is Arn not one of the funniest people you've ever met in wrestling. Arn is one of the funniest people I've ever met in wrestling. His uh, his sense of humor is just just fantastic. It's so dry, and his delivery is perfect on it, everything. It is, it is, yeah. Well, legitimately, one of my favorite people in the world yeah. is Arn Anderson. Yeah, yeah. That is, I as you're telling that story, I hear him saying it to you, so viscerally. That is a fantastic story. So you go to a draw. I like having you be Kozlov's opponent here. Did you like that wrinkle in the storytelling? Yeah, I thought I thought, I thought that was done well. It's almost like you're going the distance in your brother's honor. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm trying to help him procure this shot. Which, as we knew, playing out long-term story, maybe in theory it was even to give yourself a, a shot at that championship. Right, game. 
who's to say? Just putting that out there. Now, plans are kind of up in the air here again. You were saying before you weren't sure if Jeff was going to win the title. And a guy you mentioned earlier, Freddie Prinze Jr., famous actor. He was a writer for WWE at this time. Mm-hmm. Great dude. Great dude. And, yeah, and you guys were on his podcast earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, I can't say enough good good things about Freddie Prince Jr. And and he talked about this on his podcast. And I want to pull some quotes from an interview he did with Ariel Helwani uh, a couple years ago, where he was talking about how he was put in charge of trying to make Jeff Hardy champion here and convince the creative team that this is something that they should do. Right. And he said that before he went into his pitch about Jeff becoming champion he he saw some stuff he saw some research material if you will and he was told from michael hayes we got to make jeff hardy champion right got to make him the guy so freddie draws out this entire storyline of how to do it but paul levesque triple h thinks that the brand is represented by the title and it should be protected at all costs and as we've seen that well, Jeff's a little unreliable here. Uh, Vince was open to the idea. Most of the people in the room were open to the idea, but that's a pretty big detractor to have. And and I'm going to read a, a quote from this interview with Ariel Helwani here. Freddie kind of lays it out. All right. He says, the day of the production meeting of Armageddon, so this is the day of this right. triple threat match. Hunter brought it up. Everyone else was cool. Nobody said anything, and I'm kind of nervous. He said, are we really going to trust the championship with this guy? I knew that was a sniper bullet, and whether it was meant for me or not, it hit me. I'm down, and I have to figure out a way out. The only ace up the sleeve I have is that I didn't use this in the pitch was Jeff's merchandise sales. Those armbands and T-shirts were outselling everyone. I came out of the dark with that. I said, this guy's merchandise is already the top-selling merchandise. I show them the numbers. It's outselling everyone, even you, referring to Hunter. Yeah. We have to take a chance now while we can strike and things are perfect or the fans are going to stop believing. Yep. Then Vince was like, all right, everyone get out of here, which meant me and the agents. I'm not going back to the writer's room. I'm waiting to find out. Michael Hayes is like, Freddie, I don't know. Maybe you push too hard. He's nervous. I'm like, it's going to work out. The door swings open. Hunter goes by, doesn't throw me a glance, which meant two things. One, he wasn't feeling me. And two, Jeff Hardy was going to be champion. (laughs) You've, you've heard this story before a few times. What do you make of it? Yeah, I, I remember that day uh, before them going into production meeting and we were just, you know, waiting around. They they didn't know if it was going to happen or not. You know, there was a lot of division there, you know, because there was Hunter and the people that kind of sided with Hunter. And then there was, you know, Freddie and, and Michael Hayes and, and, and Vince wanted to, I think, roll the dice on Jeff. But he also understood where. Triple H was coming from about his dependability and how, how much can the company rely on him representing WWE as the champion. So uh, it, it was really interesting. And I, I know they specifically went to Edge. What do you think we should do? And he's like, I think we should put the title on Jeff. I remember he was a, a big vote for, for doing that. Uh, Hunter was a nay. Um, but I know, like, you know, Freddie Prince, Michael Hayes, and, and apparently Vince kind of like surveyed everybody that was, you know, in these, in these meetings. And, and it seemed like the majority was like, Jeff should win the title. So Vince went with the majority. Do you think it was at all personal with Paul Levesque dissenting? Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I think Triple H, 
I think overall he 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 liked Jeff and he respected the sacrifices. Uh, he just saw him for who he truly is, which is like just uh, this human being who doesn't put politics first, doesn't put WWE, doesn't put corporate stuff first, isn't really a businessman, so to say. So I'm sure that's where he was very weary of Jeff being the champion. Like, what if, you know, something happens again and it embarrasses the company? That, that That's the perspective he's coming from. I think as far as personally, no, I don't think it was personal against Jeff. I, I think that was literally just his professionalism and how he viewed him uh, as someone who would represent the WWE as the champion. He was just, just worried about it. So, man, if you're the champion, you got to be clean. You got to be good looking. You got to be well-groomed and taken care of in Triple H's mind. I think it's pretty apparent. We've seen that long mane of hair that he had back in the day. You got to look good. You got to feel good. And the way you do that, Matt Hardy, is, of course, with our pals at Manscaped. You got it. You know that Manscaped has got you taken care of because tis the season for clean balls. La 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 la. Our friends at Manscaped are helping you clear your driveway for safe travels this holiday season from stocking stuffers to white elephants. Manscaped's products are at the top of every single wish list. Grab some crop mops for your pops or the body buffer for the holiday lover. Win this year's white elephant gift and help all the men in your life go from eggnog to nice hog this December by going to manscaped.com and using code Hardy for 20% off plus free shipping. The easiest way to do this, Platinum Package 4.0. It includes everything that you could possibly want, including uh, the two things that I got here. Wh- what do I got holding in my hands? I see the more of lawns, and I see the whacker of weeds. And I got to say, Hunter did have a very beautiful mane back in the day, that long, flowing, beautiful hair. But now he uh, he keeps it clean with that more of lawns and that whacker of weeds <laughs> every, every couple of days everywhere all over that body the game is looking good and shaved and trimmed and now you could be feeling like it's your time with manscape there's a little pun on his theme song ever hear that one no okay uh don't let the chestnuts roast in the wrong boxers get them a pair of manscapes boxers specially made to keep the area cool and provide holiday comfort all year round i have used these and i swear I was feeling real cool as the weather (laughs) dropped here in New Jersey, and they kept my jingle balls uh, looking and feeling just fine. Uh, The Shears 2.0, their full kit for nail care with scissors, clippers, tweezers, and a file for the traveling man. I admit, Matt, one of my worst habits, one of my red flags, Matt Hardy, is that if I'm feeling anxious or nervous, I start to bite my nails. Not with the Shears 2.0. I don't got to worry about that. Right. And there's also the Preserve Cologne that brings a light, breezy, woodsy feel and gives that fresh tree scent even after Christmas is over. Yes, you can't beat it. You can't. Senior Benjamin even recently told you, did he not, that uh, his previous whacker of weeds was looking a little worn and he could use a new one. Yes, and that's what I'm getting him for Christmas now. Now I know what I'm getting for you, John, and Senior Benjamin. You're getting me. You're you're loading me up for the holidays, and I'm grateful that you are because... You are saving big with 20% off and free shipping with the code Hardy at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code Hardy, Manscaped, for a perfect gift that will be the holiday's biggest hit. Yes. What did it mean to you guys that Freddie Prince Jr. was willing to risk his reputation for you? I mean, that's a, that's a huge statement. Uh, and he was really putting his 
career on the line in, in many ways, you know, just to, to back Jeff, to back that horse, you know, especially going up against the power that was Triple H at that time, you know. I I feel like at the end of the day, though, it was all done the right way. Um, you know, everybody realized they had a difference of opinions, but they were just trying to do what was right for the greater good. So I, I think when it was all said and done, he ended up being okay. But considering pro wrestling is pro wrestling and it was uh, – was, especially highly political at that time and has been in the past as well. Um, Freddie Prince was still rolling the dice because you never know what you're going to end up getting if you start pushing against powerful people in the company. So it sets you up for Armageddon where Jeff does finally win the big one, Matt Hardy. I mean, this is it, man. He, he goes over Triple H and Edge in this triple threat match. It is a tremendous match. Jeff is at the top as Triple H hits a pedigree on Edge, and he hits a swanton on both of them. Triple H rolls off. Jeff gets the cover, and he is the WWE champion. The presentation is amazing. Jim Ross is incredible on the call, and commentary lays out, and Jeff gets a lengthy celebration. Take us through the match. Take us through the moment. What was that like for you as his brother? Um, I, I did get to peek and watch some of that like out from the crowd right behind the curtain. Uh, and, and it was amazing. I remember the reaction when Jeff won was off the charts. And, and it was one of those things that I feel like people would almost convince himself like it's not going to happen because he'd been so close, so close, so close. And just like Freddie said, like you had to capitalize while he was so hot. If not, people would have lost faith in him. So uh, I remember being so extremely proud of him, so happy for him. And just the, the, the reaction he got the love from the crowd and, and, and the support and, and the way they looked at this as a, as a hugely magical moment in WWE was just made me so proud of him, so happy for him. And uh, it was great. And, and I know we talked about the deal that uh, uh, I came out during the match, right? Uh, whenever we do this, the deal with Kozlov, right? Don't I come out and... Yeah, so, so, you, so you, I was going to say, earlier in the night, you faced uh, Vladimir Kozlov. Right. And you you open the show, and then yeah you you do the whole deal there where Kozlov gets involved and you show up to attack him, and you're you're, you're evening the odds a bit. It's it's a good way to tell that story. Yes, uh, I remember that we did that, and they waited until the show was off air before Jeff and I celebrated together because it was really important that they wanted to highlight Jeff as a singles guy in this, and I got that too, and it also made a lot of sense considering the angle we had just recently started, which was going to ultimately end up being me and him. Um, but to come out after the show stopped rolling and to celebrate with Jeff uh, and, and just see how the crowd took in, how he was so adored by that crowd and just beloved. It was just, it made me so proud. And, and that, that was one of the highlights of my career, seeing him win the big one like that. The WWE Championship. There's so much lore. This is the top prize in the industry. Right. And I feel like we see a rare display of emotion from Jeff when he wins it. He yeah. throws the chair down. He eventually gets up on the set. It's this big moment for him. How do you think he internally dealt with being given that opportunity and winning the big one? I feel like that is just him stating. I mean, he was stating with his body. Like I overcame everything and, and I did it. I did what so many people thought was impossible, which people couldn't even have comprehended, you know, a few years ago. 
I have done the impossible. I have succeeded. And I mean, once you reach that point, there's no higher point that you can go. So that, that just kind of like locked him in as someone who did everything in pro wrestling. And on top of that, and we've, we've talked about this in the past, but it's significant for a few reasons. One, and, and I'll tee you up on this first before I get to the other part of this. This is a guy in Jeff Hardy. He doesn't look like your bodybuilder, macho man, world champion that a guy like Vince McMahon would have favored in the past winning the big one. What significance did that carry? I, I think that that showed Vince was very cognizant and he was very aware of people that were getting over and the connection that they had with the fan base. And, and once again, man, Vince is, is a, is a, is a genius. He's a smart guy. Uh, he obviously has many faults, um, but, but there's no denying Vince is uh, the greatest wrestling promoter of all time. And he realized that Jeff was something very special and, you know, he followed his instinct and he ended up putting the, the biggest title in the WWE on Jeff, and uh, I, I thought it ended up being a great call. Obviously, I was very personally happy for him, but I think professionally, too. Jeff was so hot and such a big star, it was the right call to make at that time. And I'm, I'm glad he did it. I'm glad Vince was aware. I want to read this from Dave Meltzer. He says, while it realistically doesn't compare yet historically with Dory and Terry Funk in the 70s, famous as the only brothers who both held the NWA World Heavyweight Championship since both had long runs as NWA champions when right. that was generally considered the premier belt in wrestling. This is probably as close of a modern equivalent as would be possible. Because keep in mind, you're the ECW champion. Right. It also shows a change in the product because the Hardys have been around the WWF as full-timers on and off since 1998. Until recent years, they were the type of wrestlers who could get over with the crowd, could sell merchandise, could get title runs with the secondary singles belts but would never be considered potential world champions. Jeff is very popular in the locker room despite his past because he's seen as someone who got over on his own and overcame the politics of the business as opposed to remaining on top due to it. Yeah, that's very true. That that statement is very true. Uh, Je I mean, Jeff went over and did all these crazy moves and these insane swantons and whisper in the winds and, ju and just would be super creative, but also physically damage his body heavily. I mean, and he got himself over doing that stuff, you know, and he would say it all the time. Like I shine when I sell, I mean, the way he would sell, the way he would take bumps and, and he very organically got over and, and the people loved him and, and they were bonded with him. And uh, that, that's one of those things. You just can't really teach that. It's just, you either have it or you don't. And Jeff has it in, in excess. You went online after this and you wrote the following. That cannot be not denied regardless of how smart of a fan or critic you are. We broke the barriers in ladder matches, tables matches, TLC matches, and several other areas. We semi-main evented WrestleMania. We did everything you could do as a tag team. At the risk of sounding overconfident for the record, we have sold more merchandise than any tag team in the history of the business. We are the first True Blood brothers to go on to have extremely successful singles careers and both became world heavyweight champions. This has never been done in the WWE. Jeff and I love our diehard supporters because without them, we would have never made it this far. And there's no one, regardless of how smart or sarcastic they are, that can put a dent in this amazing feat we've achieved. We've come quite a long ways from kids playing wrestlers on a trampoline and wrestling in the Southern Pines National Guard Armory for a couple bucks. We exemplify a living, breathing dream that people can believe in. 
what a special way to summarize how that made you feel at the time. Huh. 15 years later, Matt, how does this crowning moment for Jeff make you feel? I mean, once again, it's just, that was a, a very special time for both of us. That, that period where we're the ECW champ and he was the WWE champ was, was a great, a great period for us. And it just, it makes me proud of him again. I mean, it makes me proud of both of us because we, we were literally two kids that, Grew up in the middle of nowhere, North Carolina. We just had these larger-than-life dreams, and, and and we were able to follow them, and, and we made them materialize. And, and considering all we wanted to do right from the jump was win the World Tag Team titles one time, which obviously we did that multiple times by this point. Uh, but, you know, now we're both holding, you know, the showcase heavyweight titles for an individual promotion, which, you know, being known as Tag Team guys. And we always will we'll always be – most popular for being the Hardy boys or the Hardys, however, however you look at it. But I mean, once again, you can't deny the single success that we both ended up having, which is, is something that is just is very special and, and something I think we both are proud we were able to do that and, and achieve that. It was a hell of an achievement for sure. What do you remember about the locker room after the match? Did Jeff get the standing O that new champs typically get how did people feel about him being given the nod he did i pe people dug it i mean Je jeff is always a beloved figure in any locker room he's in uh he's just a great dude you know you're around him for 10 or 15 minutes you're gonna fall in love with jeff it, it is what it is man he's a very special individual um but yeah the locker room seemed to be very happy for him he did get that standing o and i think people were like okay kid uh you know great job you did it you got this opportunity like now make the most of it you know, really rock and roll as champion. We got a few Ask Matt questions from our ad-free show subscribers that I did want to ask. I thought they were three good questions here. Uh, a wrestling historian who always has great questions for us says, Matt, was there any discussion of you winning the big gold belt instead? Thanks in advance. No, uh, as opposed to when I won the ECW title. Yeah, I think he's saying with you guys both being world champions, yeah. like one Hardy was the WWE champion. The other was the world heavyweight champion. And just the visual that that could have been with all due respect to the ECW title visual, that silver metallic belt wasn't quite as nice as the big gold belt. Yeah. I know. I, I, I knew after I was the, the U S champion for a while and I had that run with the U S title, uh, that I was going to be moved to ECW and they were literally wanting me to like be the centerpiece and the nucleus of the promotion and make sure it, it kind of maintained its status because that was a show they had an interest in and, and they wanted to make sure it was taken care of. So a lot of guys ended up getting opportunities there. Like Christian did when he was back. And I mean, there, there's, there's several guys. Punk was the ECW champion there, you know? So I, I knew that was going to be, you know, my job to make that brand as, as good as possible. And like, once again, Jeff wouldn't really necessarily think about stuff politically and from a business aspect, but, but I did. And I think they knew that that's why I do a podcast and Jeff does not. Uh, because I, I'm cool discussing the stuff and, and talking about things and trying to make things better. So, yeah, I was I was very proud of that ECW run. But uh, there was never a time where during that period where they I was being talked about holding the big gold belt just because my job was to, like, be the, the nucleus of ECW at that time. It would have been really cool, though, to see you with the big gold yeah. belt and, yeah. and Jeff with the WWE championship. But very so much you know, people can crap all over the ECW championship or the ECW brand from that time. But the reality is, if it wasn't viewed as a priority in that regard, you wouldn't have been in that triple threat match on that SmackDown. Right. Where it was champion versus champion. You wouldn't have been there if they didn't view it in, the, in a similar prism as those other titles. So 
Right. It is a legitimately cool thing that you got to be world champions together. Yeah, very cool. Joey, the Toriamos guy asked, was Jeff winning the championship one of your top moments being in the wrestling business, seeing your brother reach the top? Yeah, man. I mean, it, it, it definitely, it, it ranks up there. You know, seeing your brother win the biggest prize in the game and, and being the most popular guy, the guy who is, you know, selling more merchandise and, and moving more stuff than any other guy on the roster is, is pretty amazing. And uh, once again, just super proud and happy for him. And uh, I'm so glad all of his hard work and all of the risk that he took and all of the physical sacrifices, you know, on top of like mental and emotional sacrifices that he had given fans over all those years got paid off with him winning the, the WWE World Heavyweight title. And that's like the franchise championship too. Yeah. That's that's the Hulk Hogan title. Yeah. That's the Red Hart title. That's the John Cena title. That's the Rock title, the Austin title. I mean, that right. is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And Jeff is the one that wins it. Very much. And, and he would go on to win two more world championships too in WWE. So uh, again, it, it stayed there. And then our last question comes from Dustin. After you and Jeff won the titles, you guys put out an episode of the Hardy Show called Champions, chronicling the whole thing. After all the years, how did the legend Gilbert Hardy feel about both his sons being world champions? Uh, he was extremely proud. And it was nice. We took a lot of great photos with him when we both had those titles that I post every so often and whatnot. And just like after we first got over and established and we won the first ever WWE tag team titles, like our, our dad was a huge skeptic right in the beginning of how this stuff was going to turn out. But we really won him over and he was very proud of us. And he ended up being our biggest fan, which was so great. I mean, he would rock Hardy Boys merchandise. He'd be wearing a Hardy Boys necklace. He wore that all of his, you know, final years of life, you know, the last 25 years of life or whatever. Uh, so he was like our biggest fan and our biggest supporter at the end of the day, which was, which was so amazing. And it makes me feel good deep down that, that we made him so proud. I don't know. From the stories I've heard, it feels like both of his sons being world champions might've been something he would have leveraged when talking to a lady. Of course he would have. Yes. I mean, that, that, that was usually his opening line. He says, you know who I am? I'm the Hardy boys, daddy. And they're world champions, by the way. Yeah. For what it's worth. They're both simultaneously world champions right now. That's right. Man, what a special look back this was, Matt. I really wanted to talk about this topic with you because it was the day that Jeff got taken to another level. Yes. In his wrestling career. And he is a polarizing figure in his own right. We've talked about that ad nauseum over the course of the year. But in my interactions with Jeff, which have been brief, but mine, everyone that I've read, this is a good person at the heart being rewarded with a good thing. Right. And when we talked about that, this would be the episode we'd be discussing. I got so many tweets and DMS that were like, dude, this was one of my favorite memories right. as a wrestling fan growing up. I think Jeff's title win was a victory for a lot of people, for people who may have yeah. felt like an outcast or felt yeah. different. Is, is he cognizant that he is representative? He is a representative of I, people like that? I, I think he is, but I mean, he wouldn't embellish it or try and turn it into something bigger than it is. I mean, at the end of the day, Jeff just wants to 
exist and go to work and do the best job possible and, and put smiles on faces. You know, he, he doesn't overthink like how many people look at him as a role model. He, he just, he just lives his life. Uh, and, and that's just who he is, man. He, more than anything else, Jeff Hardy exists. He exists. I like that. Yeah. Well, Matt Hardy next week on the extreme life of Matt Hardy, we've got a special treat for the holidays as everyone yeah. gears up for Christmas or whatever you may be indulging in this holiday season. Right. We are going to be airing our very special Omega panel from the WrestleCade weekend. And it is going to be one that people will not want to miss. It's available now for purchase on the title match network. If you haven't watched it already and would like to now, but if you would like to wait another week, you'll get it right here at extremehardy.com. What can people look forward to if they haven't seen this panel? Man, it was so much fun. And you guys are going to enjoy it so much. I'm so happy that, you know, we're going to post it and put it all up here. Such a great conversation. Uh, you meet some of the the interesting characters that played big roles in Omega. And, and I feel like you're going to learn a lot of things that you've never known before from this conversation. So you're going to enjoy it next week. It's going to be an extremely fun episode. Caprice Coleman did a great job calling the Ring of Honor show this past weekend. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's great as a commentator. FTR and... Dem boys had a double dog collar match for the ages. Yeah. Absolutely outstanding. Go check that out. Uh, again, guys, leave those five single, five single, five star reviews to be entered in a t-shirt giveaway. Like this one from I'm not vegan. 44 says I've been a fan of Matt Hardy for as long as I can remember. And I just recently found out about this podcast and I can already tell the next several weeks of my life will be spent listening to the entire catalog. Matt and John are excellent hosts, and this comes off as such an easy listen with the best of the best in terms of guests. Definitely glad I found out about the show and will be telling my friends all about it. About well, it. hell, outstanding. Well, hell, outstanding. I apologize to our viewers and listeners. This was a bit of an adventure with our little pal Presley here, but uh, you know what? Listen, sometimes the show just goes to the dogs. It happens, oh, man. We're live, pal. We're live, pal. <laughs> That's, that's an all-timer. We're live, pal. I love that. Uh, Matt, this has been great. Thank you again. Uh, you and I won't get a chance to do an episode together before the holidays, but a happy holidays to you, my friend. Yes, sir. Merry Christmas. And uh, to all of our fans out there for supporting the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy, we thank you so much. And you and I both know that 2023 is going to be a big year for us. Yeah, man. It's exciting. It's going to be great. Matt, get on your way to AW Television. The words have been spoken. We'll see you next week right here on The Extreme Life of Matt Hart. Thanks, everyone, and happy holidays. I feel strongly that saving money is important. You know, if it's not something we worry about now, boy, we are really going to worry about it later. And I want to help you get out of debt faster and do it with cheaper monthly payments. I'm talking to you if you're in a 30-year loan. Now is the time to take years off of your loan. We're routinely helping our listeners cut 5, 10, even 15 years off their loan. And you can do this without perfect credit, with no money out of pocket. You've just got to start at SaveWithConrad.com.